With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn on what you want, like trying out that new workout class, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller for your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash active cash. What do eight bags of concrete mix, a cooler full of 30-pound sea bass, and a 10-inch compound miter saw have in common? They're all things that are easier to load in and out of the bed of the new F-150. Thanks to its new available pro-access tailgate, that's also a swing gate. The new 2024 Ford F-150, tough this smart, can only be called F-150. Available starting early 2024, pro-access tailgate available starting spring 2024, cargo and load capacity limited by weight and weight distribution. morning as we welcome you into Bet the Edge on our NBC Sports Edge YouTube channel with the whale capper himself, Drew Dinsick. I'm your host, Sarah Perlman. And joining us shortly, Von Dalzell coming on the show today with how he's attacking the Thursday night matchup between the Panthers and the Texans, plus where he sees some value on the board for NF Week 3 lines this weekend. Will Gray on site at Whistling Straits. He's going to come on and handicap over under point totals for golfers at the Ryder Cup plus edge of the day. We have all that so much more coming up right here on Bet the Edge powered by PointsBet. Drew, good morning. Getting ready for the 43rd Ryder Cup to begin tomorrow at Whistling Straits. I am, in fact, in Sheboygan, Wisconsin. And if we look at the history of the Ryder Cup, Team Europe has won nine of the last 12 Ryder Cups. They now bring the trophy to the United States here in Wisconsin. And Team USA, we've talked about on Going for the Green in our show throughout the week, Drew, has an extremely young team, the youngest ever, but arguably the most talented. And now we could find different ways to bet on the Ryder Cup. And I take a look at different ways to attack this, whether you want to attack to lead after day one. Now player props are up as well for over-unders. I'd like to get kind of your take right now on where you're looking to target the Ryder Cup in general. Yeah, can you believe this is already the 43rd Ryder Cup? I feels like the 21st was just yesterday. No, it, <laughs> in seriousness, this is uh, like this is a really big fun event. If you've never watched before, give it a shot this weekend. I know football season is what most people care about this time of year, but uh, you will absolutely get caught up in the pageantry, uh, in the patriotism for sure, especially with this U.S. team who looks to kind of buck the trend of late, as mm -hmm. you mentioned come away with the win they are clearly the more talented team but the gap in experience is measurable you know our our, our most veteran player is uh, Dustin Johnson who has played in four previous Ryder Cups never especially covered himself in glory um, notably he had a particularly poor 2018 showing but uh, you know there the fact that uh, you know we have the more talented players yet lack the experience I think plays into a specific way you can attack this tournament and that is to to expect at least that you're going to see uh, positive showing from Team Europe particularly on days one and two where they are competing in four balls and foursomes in general four balls and foursomes require a little bit more team chemistry a little bit more uh, you know, just in general, you know, experience playing that type of format. Uh, we have seen at least, you know, relatively few chances for some of these young Americans to get that experience, not just in Ryder Cup play, but even on tour. Uh, and so they are at a, a reasonable deficit in that regard. Um, this will be Lee Westwood's 11th Ryder Cup. Sergio 
Gio Garcia's 10th. You know, that's not even to say some of the players like Rory McIlroy, who we're expecting to really, uh, you know, kind of truly carry some of the, you know, the heavy load here for Team Europe. You know, these these players should do well on days one and two. I think it is fair to attack Team Europe to win day one at a plus money price. Team Europe to get first to five points. But let's break down a couple of these uh, player over under markets. And we will start with the easy, obvious, why is this uh, line so favorably? John Rahm over two and a half points. John Rahm is the best golfer in the world. This course has, at least across all of these golfers who will be playing this weekend, he has the best course fit for this type of course by my numbers. Uh, And I would expect him to have a relatively clean path to over two and a half points. Currently, you can get that at points, but at minus 106, my fare for that is minus 125. Uh, well, so Drew, let me ask you this fairly there. quickly then. Yeah. With that, would you John Rahm around plus 325 now to be the top European point scorer? I think that's a fair play. He's probably the guy that you think is most likely to get five chances here. Uh, and realistically, he plays a strategic role really in Team Europe getting out to an early lead. Uh, they're going to have to use him, you know, probably try to put him in the early groupings, match him up against whatever Team USA tries to throw out there to get some momentum. Uh, to counter that. So I would, I haven't seen, uh, you know, or heard any actual inside information on in terms of how the pairings will look tomorrow morning, but uh, I certainly will be attacking Rom in the head to heads each opportunity. Um, but the fact that you can get over two and a half for him right now at minus 106 at points bet, I think is a very favorable price. Again, my fare there is about minus 125. And we get to the pairings. Will Gray was coming on in a second and myself. We'll be at Whistling Straits later to break down some of these pairings and ultimately how to handicap those. We did talk to Jay Croucher yesterday, later in the afternoon, head trader at PointsBet at Whistling Straits. And he pretty much did say they're hanging, obviously, their best guesses as well because no pairings have been announced. So you could certainly make the argument there's now time to find the best value in the numbers before they get hit a little harder. Not so much action, but they have come in on the bigger names and rightfully so. I will say they've taken some bets on Xander Shoffley and no surprise there. We've talked about that throughout the week. We'll get more back to Ryder Cup in a second. But for now, did want to say we appreciate all of you guys listening to Bet the Edge Monday through Friday here. Um, we try to give you the most actionable information in just about 30 minutes or less. So sign up, rate the podcast. The lines move so quickly and we do want to make sure you're gaining an edge with us here. Of course. And uh, by all means, uh, make sure to hit us up on Twitter. We love hearing from you. If you have any inside scoop on how you think the Ryder Cup will play out, if you have a, a strong betting angle, you know, let us know. You can reach Sarah at Sarah Perlman and I am at whale underscore capper. Let's welcome in Will Gray, who now is at the Media Center at Whistling Straits. Will, always appreciate you taking the time. And we've been chatting throughout the week, and there's so many different ways, as Drew and I just talked about, to attack the Ryder Cup and ultimately where to find value. So we start in the European market. If there's any props that you've hit or you recommend now for people to get involved before these lines move, what would you offer up? Yeah, I think it's interesting trying to read the tea leaves here after the first couple of days. We're looking at the pairings to figure out who's going to play with whom starting tomorrow. The U.S., it's pretty clear. You're going to get Xander and Patrick Cantlay. You're going to get Jordan Spieth and Justin Thomas. You're probably going to get DJ and Morikawa and Bryson and Scotty Scheffler. The Euros, it's a big guess. No one really knows. They keep moving who's playing with whom in these practice rounds. I think we have two clear certainties. John Rahm's going to play five matches. And so is Rory McIlroy. The only way the Europeans win this thing is if their two best players lead from the front. As Drew just mentioned, Rom over two and a half, minus 106, seems like a very tasty price. I really also like Rory at plus 125, over two and a half. He has never missed 
a match play session in the Ryder Cup since he made his debut back in 2010. He is always playing five matches when he can. Listen, this is a course that should set up well for him if he's driving it well off the tee. I do think that he is going to be the emotional leader of this team, and I expect him to get at least two points out of these first four sessions when, as Drew mentioned, the U.S., listen, they're going to have to sit a player that's ranked inside the top 11 in the world because they've got nine of them, and you can only play eight in each session. That's going to be something where the Europeans can hide a little bit of their depth disadvantage these first two days. I think they're going to be much more competitive Friday and Saturday, and I think Rory cashes at least three points this week. Ooh, I like that look too. I like it a lot. Um, can I ask you a quick question about the United States strategy? So the market has moved pretty aggressively on two players in terms of the top point score for the United States, namely Xander Shoffley and Patrick Cantlay. Uh, we are getting some indication that based on current form for these guys that, uh, and just overall, like they, they're amazing golfers. <laughs> it seems <laughs> like they're going to get a lot of opportunity. And if you're going to win a top points market, you better have opportunities so uh do you get the sense that uh you know Shoffley or Cantlay uh are good looks to uh make their points over yeah I think that from talking yesterday with Jay Croucher if you're betting on the American top point earners or over-unders you're picking a lane you're either going down the Justin Thomas Jordan Spieth road or you're going down the Xander Shoffley Patrick Cantlay road I'm going with door number two I really am high on Xander and Cantlay as well. I think when you look at the edge driver tools, Drew, you mentioned it, John Rahm is the best player in the world by a wide margin. The gap in strokes gained from one to two is the same as from two to 21 in this week's. I mean, it's it's amazing how much better he is on paper, but he can only play in five matches. And number two in the edge driver tool is Patrick Cantlay. He, over the last 40 rounds, has played the best tee to green all around than any other American player. He's got $15 million in his bank account as a result, but I do think that this is going to be, again, another course where he's building on that momentum. He's now starting to feel like he's one of the best players in the world coming off that FedEx Cup title. So I do think that if you look at his over two and a half at plus 120, I'm high on Xander as top point earner. But you can look at it. If you're high on Xander, you probably need to be high on Patrick Cantlay because there could be a scenario where both of them hit three points and it only counts for four points on the U.S. ledger because I do think that they're going to pair pretty much every possible session. They did so at the 2019 President's Cup at Royal Melbourne. They played very well together. So I think Xander and Cantlay are going to be a pair pretty much all the way through Friday and Saturday. And so if they pick off two of those matches, if Patrick Cantlay wins his singles match on Sunday, you're going to get to three. I like that look a lot. And realistically, sometimes being a rookie is favorable. You know, you don't know any better. You don't know you're supposed. this is supposed to be a, a big deal and that you're supposed to be tight, you know? So taking some shots on those guys at their first ever uh, Ryder Cup appearance makes a ton of sense. Can I ask you a real quick follow-up, though? So basically, if you're going after Cantlay or or Shoffley, particularly in the top point scorer market, you're basically, you're fading Thomas. And uh, you know, Thomas, yeah, he was 4-1 and one last time, but he only has that one Ryder Cup under his belt. You know, he's playing with Spieth, who has been, honestly, Spieth has been spraying it for like, couple months now is it an overblown narrative that like just the fact that these guys are friends and like each other means that they're going to win matchups i mean it seems kind of counterintuitive considering uh you know how random the sport of golf is if you ask me it is you're working on a small sample size one way or another it's not like these guys have played 100 matches together but they do have a little bit of a history they played well uh in some matches before and so you think that they're gonna slot well because they both like playing with the other guy and they've played successfully before i just think that you're paying a premium right now because there's such that name brand recognition for both of those guys in this setting everyone you know you're gonna get the casual golf fan that's popping in for the Ryder cup and they're like hey they're the two buddies let's bet on those guys because they're gonna you know, do so well because Justin Thomas did play so well in Paris in 2018. And 
Jordan Spieth is starting to play like Jordan Spieth again. We talked to the, the folks at PointsBet. They took a $2,000 bet on Spieth to be the top U.S. captain's pick at plus 275. So Jordan Spieth is attracting as much attention and action as you would expect. I just think that there's a little bit more line value if you move down a slot and you look at guys like Xander and Cantlay who are not flashy, but I think they're going to let their game speak for themselves. And I think that they're both going to have as good, if not better, of a week than JT and Spieth. I don't think that Steve Stricker needs all four of those guys to play especially well. I think if two of them hold their own and two of them overachieve, they'll be just fine. But I'm going to go down the Xander and Cantlay route. Let's switch over to the Euros team just for a second because a market that we haven't touched on yet is really top captain's pick point score. And if you look down the board, you're going to obviously Sergio Garcia because he is the all-time leader in points scored in the Ryder Cup. He seems to thrive in these moments, obviously experiences on his side. How are you going to look to attack? Possibly not the favorite because Garcia is just at plus 150. Yeah, I think that this is an interesting market when you look at the top European captain's pick. It's a three-way market between Sergio, Ian Poulter, and Shane Lowry. You're paying a premium with Sergio as, as the favorite because he is the top point earner in all time in the Ryder Cup. And you're also paying a premium on Ian Poulter because everyone thinks he's Ian Poulter. But Medina was <laughs> nine years ago. And that performance, uh, he's still getting a lot of credit for it, deservedly so. But he is not the same player as he was in 2012. This is a particularly poor fit for him, especially off the tee. He's going to struggle on some of these longer holes. Listen, he's a magician on and around the greens, especially when it's Ryder Cup week. I don't want to be fading Ian Poulter with any great regularity in the Ryder Cup, but I do think that there could be some value here on Shane Lowry, a plus 175 for the top European captain's pick. Remember, he is countryman, also from Ireland, with Captain Padraig Harrington. I think Harrington is going to want to give him a couple of looks. I think you could have a situation where Shane Lowry plays four matches. He's on the other side of Poulter, where this is a good fit. He really plays these long and difficult courses well. He plays well in majors. He's played well at places like Firestone and Torrey Pines. I think that he's going to be an especially good fit. He could play in four matches. Maybe two points is going to be enough to win this particular three-way market if Garcia and Poulter aren't able to really rev the engines as, as we've seen in years past. So plus 175 definitely has my attention in that particular market. I absolutely love that look. We did go in for the green. You know I played this as well. And, uh, you know, got Countryman and Padraig Harrington. Hopefully he puts him in advantage situations. That has been known to happen from time to time. Go ahead, Sarah was just going to say I'm in agreement here because we are here and it's windy and I feel like that honestly fits Shane Lowry quite well as I'm looking at the wind come off right now in Wisconsin. Hey, Will, thanks so much. We'll see you soon at Whistling Straits. As always, take care. And if you're not following Will on Twitter, this is the week to do so. At Will Gray, GC, so much awesome written content and now videos available there and on NBCSportsEdge.com. Always going to be with you guys. If you have drafted your fantasy team, make sure to dominate your league by purchasing an NBC Sports Edge Plus subscription because you can get player projections, rankings, alerts for players on your roster, so much more. Type in the code SARAH10. You will get 10% off any annual subscription. Drew 10 works equally as well. Uh, and I will tell you what, the most <laughs> successful players in the advantage betting space who are beating the NFL are doing so by attacking the player prop market. This is not news. This is fact. This realistically if you are not using a tool like your edge plus subscription to help you gain an edge in that particular market then you are playing at a disadvantage you should not be firing away with your gut you should be absolutely using what all of the data science can help you here find an edge and you can sign up now and uh, find your way into a winning week in the nfl Props are the best way to attack the NFL when the lines are so sharp, as we know. And we're going to continue to talk about props here with Von Belzell, the prop king himself. And it's tough because right now, if you look across the board, 
we're starting to see these lines get so sharp coming on Thursday, getting ready for Sunday. And I'm with you, Vaughn, that I know you love talking the player prop market. I find the most value there. I'm curious to see what you're thinking for tonight. My edge of the day, I'm looking at this Panthers-Texans game, but it's slim pickings. It seems like these lines are um, <laughs> pretty accurate right now for a game that obviously has a big line now laying eight with the Texans and Panthers. I'm curious to get your take on your favorite prop for this game. Yeah, this game certainly looks like it's going to be a Panthers bet on spot uh, with the rookie head coach, rookie quarterback. Uh, it's hard not to love the Panthers, but whenever that's happening, the player prop market obviously tends to go to the receivers or quarterbacks on the other end because they're playing from behind. So we saw Davis Mills kind of struggle against Cleveland Browns last week, but Brandon Cooks did not struggle. He accounted for 50 percent of the completions and attempts for Davis Mills. That's going to be crucial for him because they're going to try and move the chains and they got an aging Mark Ingram and a couple other running backs back there. So you're going to look at a guy like Brandon Cooks, who actually has 21 targets. The NBC model has him projected to get 8.4 tonight. Uh, might be a little soft, honestly. This guy has been an animal with a 35% target share, which is third most in the NFL and a 53.8% target rate, which is the most. No one would have guessed Brandon Cooks would be doing this, but he is one of the only options for the Texans tonight. So look for him to get a lot, a lot of uh, passes his way, short and intermediate routes. Yep, I completely get that. If I were the quarterback of the Texans, I would be looking at Brandon really <laughs> often and only realistically because, yeah, the other yeah. options are not good. Yeah. Only guy that can create separation, let's be honest. Mm -hmm. So, uh, and he gets, he might have an advantage matchup going up against a rookie cornerback, too. So, we'll see how that plays out. The Thursday night football game, not as interesting to me as what we're going to get on Sunday <laughs> night. We'll be, let's be honest. Sunday night football, yeah. we have. The San Francisco 49ers hosting the Green Bay Packers. We talked about it on my edge of the day yesterday. I am in favor of the Green Bay Packers coming away with a victory in this spot as an underdog. Are there any ways that we can attack the prop market to help supplement uh, what looks to be probably the most fun game outside of maybe Tampa Bay yeah. Uh, Rams? Yeah, I think those two are probably the best games on the slate. And this one is exciting. Anytime Aaron Rodgers is playing his hometown 49ers, that's something you just have to circle to watch or bet on automatically. I'm looking at his number one target, Devontae Adams. Uh, this guy's been an animal in his career against the Niners. He's had three regular season meetings. He's had seven, 10, and 10 receptions in those three games. Then he also had a playoff meeting where he had nine receptions. Uh, hitting double-digit targets in all, all but one of those games in San Francisco – having a ton of turnover at the cornerback position. They just started Josh Norman, not the best move. They also got a fifth-round rookie corner playing right now, and they signed Dre Kirkpatrick, who hasn't played very much as of late, and they're nursing a ton of injuries in that secondary. So Rodgers has thrown 298-plus in seven of his nine games against the Niners, and Adams has been an animal against them. I'm certainly backing them there. And then to your play, Drew, kind of with you backing the Packers, I'm looking at an Adams touchdown and a Packers win. That's going to be an enticing bet. But also, George Kittle, by far, has a great advantage by the NBC Sports model. This one just got released um, on some markets at 58 and a half. I scooped this up while you guys were doing your golf segment because that's too low. The NBC model has them at 67. So that's a 10-yard difference. And points bet has them at 75-plus yards at the minus 110 odds. Kittle had 129 in his last meeting against the Packers. And we just saw TJ Hawkinson. Go for 66 on eight catches and nine targets. Saints tight ends did well. And a fun tidbit, Kittle in his last 15 against the NFC has gone for 68 or more yards in 12 of those games. Okay. So Sunday night football primetime. I'm looking for George Kittle bounce back game. 
Wow. Yeah. I'm really surprised to hear that's where that number was released on the prop market today. I love both of those plays. Devontae Adams is um, obviously my favorite look when looking at receivers with the quarterback, Aaron Rodgers and just George Kittle. Uh, I think he's going to have a huge game because of what you just mentioned with Hawkinson, how he was able to find success against the Green Bay Packers. Kittle should have a day. Let's get into baseball for a second because it would be criminal if we didn't ask you about (laughs) some K props because that's what you do. So I'll let you take it away because I have not placed any K props for tonight, but I am looking to get involved favorite one on the board where are you looking all right i woke up this morning you know i woke up a little late not gonna lie up at 5 30 this morning but i still had the line i wanted patrick corbin five and a half strikeouts what is that it's now four and a half on most books and i'm okay with that okay so patrick corbin obviously not the strikeout guy that everyone knows eight of the last 10 games for left-handed pitchers against the reds they have gone under six a lot of them have gone under the, the five strikeouts as well and corbin He's only done six strikeouts and six of 29 starts this season. That's a 20% hit rate to the over. That is insanely bad. So that was a mistake line. Uh, When you look at guys that have had success against the Reds, the only guys in the last week that have had five or more strikeouts, Max Scherzer, Clayton Kershaw, and um, Bueller, Walker Bueller. So you're telling me Magic Corbin's going to have five or more? I highly doubt it. I'm, I'm rocking with that one as when he goes six or less innings pitched, he's 20 and two. To the under five and a half and he has a great hit rate to the under four and a half as well so back corbin have a little bit of a rough day against the reds i like that knock him out early uh anything mm-hmm. else uh pop for you on the uh, k market anything uh that uh take advantage of maybe a team that's just sort of playing out their schedule yeah so uh there's a couple games i've been targeting some teams that are not in the playoff race and uh trying to get some pitches for the over against those teams charlie morton is A good guy today to back on the over six and a half strikeouts. I didn't get that plus money this morning. It's moving to that plus 100 minus 110 range. But he played in Coors and then San Francisco this month. So his numbers are a little bit low. And we're getting a nice price against the Arizona D-backs here, who just let Ian Anderson go for eight. I was really upset I missed out on that one. But uh, when Charlie Morton goes six or more innings this season, he's 15-3 and to the over six and a half Ks. And Atlanta is in sole possession of the NL East right now. He's been arguably the best pitcher for them all season long. So back him to go over six strikeouts as he should tag the Arizona Diamondbacks today who aren't playing for anything right now. This is a really good look just in general, trying to find teams that are obviously playing for something versus teams that are just getting ready for their final 10 games or so. Both of these looks great. Obviously the Reds backing them to take care of business against Patrick Corbin. And then I love mm-hmm. Charlie Morton as a pitcher in general. This is an awesome looking good number. You can follow Vaughn on Twitter. If you're not already at V money sports, he handicaps just about everything. And he's been red hot over the last two months. So Vaughn really appreciate it. Also check out his stuff on NBC Thanks, Drew. Thanks, Sarah. Good luck later. Need the luck for my edge of the day because this game stinks. I'm going to the NFL later. I'll tell you that much. But it was tough to find value in Thursday night football. But I have to get involved somehow. It's Thursday night football. Look down the board. I found a play. But I'll go to you first here for edge of the day. Where are we going, Drew? So we will continue to populate my card for the weekend here and uh, talk about a side that I see some value in with the Seattle Seahawks taking on the Minnesota Vikings in Minnesota. A lot of things right now are falling apart for the Vikings season. This is a team that could easily be 2-0 if the ball had bounced their way in the first two weeks. However, it did not, and they are 0-2, and their home opener, they draw the Seattle Seahawks, who are coming in off of a brutal home loss to the Tennessee Titans. Seattle absolutely love 
love, love, love the matchup of their wide receivers against this Minnesota secondary. Minnesota spent a lot of money uh, and brought in a bunch of veterans this offseason to try to shore up this defense. People were expecting them to be a top 10 unit, and it has not materialized. They are making rookie mistakes out there, particularly in coverage, and I can see a game get this game get away from them here as seattle puts another win in the win column here could you know this is a, a game that opened up at about a pick em. that pick em did not last long there was an immediate market action that came in and snapped up the uh, seattle money lines uh it moves out to one this morning it's out to two so there's been pretty much one way action here in terms of sort of market influence and i get why you know the the matchups here for seattle you know everything favors seattle in my opinion kirk cousins has done a nice job this season i will mm -hmm. completely acknowledge that he has been a top 10 performer at the quarterback position by my numbers he has wide receivers that can absolutely score points and you know realistically if the, i think this game state is most likely going to be seattle playing with the lead uh, in Minnesota trying to be in comeback mode. So that probably opens up the door for a lot of passing props if you're in the prop game in this department. And obviously you have a massively high total as well. So, uh, you know, this is this should be a fun game to watch in the afternoon slot. And I like uh, Seattle to come away with the victory. I back them at minus two. My fare here is Seattle minus three. So as long as it is under that field goal, key number of three, I think it's an advantage play. That is exactly what I was going to say. Get it under the three. This is a play for me. Russell Wilson dominates the Vikings over his career. 7-0 and straight up against Minnesota. But also the one thing I said last week when I liked Seattle is that they always kind of leave the back door open. Obviously, it led to overtime and ultimately their first loss of the season. But here with such a small spread under that key number of a field goal, I love Seattle to get things done. Not to mention Russell Wilson off a loss is out of control. 32-9 and following a loss in his career. I'm going to go to tonight's game. Looked long and hard at the prop market, Drew, and I think I found something. I'm looking at Christian McCaffrey, like everyone else, but I'm looking at his rushing yards because I've seen a lot of action come in on his receiving yards for tonight, and I think that's why his rushing yards is still sitting at this 82 and a half. Now, I will say over the last, like, 30 minutes, this has gone from minus 110 to now minus 132, so people starting Whoa. to get involved in the prop market. He had 98 rushing yards versus the Jets, 72 against the Saints. I mentioned I'm a little surprised by this number because I do think ultimately people think his receiving yards is going to be the look, but he's facing such a bad run defense in the Houston Texans tonight. Their defense in general ranks bottom half in DVOA so far this season. He had 21 or more rushing attempts in the first two games. I do think they're going to be up in this game early. For that reason, I think they're going to feed their best player, and that's Christian McCaffrey, run the ball, take care of business. Not to mention Matt Rule and Joe Brady. They have an extremely running back friendly offense. A lot of things surround Christian McCaffrey and the running backs on this team. So I will take my favorite play on the board. Line's too big. I hate the total. Christian McCaffrey, the prop, over 82 and a half rushing yards for tonight, Drew. I mean, it looks like he caught a good one. As you mentioned, this has been steaming like crazy since people are getting finally getting a crack at these and your rationale is solid. Uh, Texans gave up whatever 140 yards to the uh, Browns on the ground last week between two yeah, Nick backs Chubb and, had 95 so yeah. uh, and Kareem Hunt had like 50 and so that, that's, a, that's a split backfield whereas Christian McCaffrey is going to be the bell cow as they say so uh should be a great game for him I'm, I'm excited I think you found a great one 
Okay, so let's hope for Christian McCaffrey, and I do love Seattle. But if you want more NFL plays for the weekend, we're going to have that at 3 p.m. Eastern today on Blitzing the Board with myself, Drew, and Warren Sharp. That's on our YouTube channel. You definitely want to tune in for that. If you happen to miss that today, that'll be on Peacock on Friday and Sunday leading up to kickoff. For now, don't forget to check out NBCSportsEdge.com for content, analysis, picks, plays, you name it. We do have it. Really appreciate you guys listening and watching us on our NBC Sports Edge YouTube channel. If you are listening to the podcast, version please sign up and rate the podcast good luck with all of your plays for tonight and drew and i will see you right back here tomorrow deets and watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever what's that mean it means never cutting corners ever it means cooking not processing it means our virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection then twice baked to layer the flavors it takes more time but you can taste the difference we come to work every day to do it the right way even if it's the hard way because if it's not right for us it's not right for you deets and watson it's a family thing since 1939 Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil.